Hi, welcome to BA Brew. I'm Jonathan. I'm Debbie. I'm Corin. Mike. Today we're going to speak about the subject of resilience and this is a subject that Corin has suggested to us. Uh, Corin, can I come to you first? Um, what's behind suggesting resilience to us as a subject? Oh, I think Jonathan, it's a topic that's fascinated me. So I've spent a couple of years now studying positive psychology. And for me, resilience is a huge topic, a really fascinating topic. But the whole time I was studying it, I just kept coming back to my BA toolkit and things I could do as a business analyst that helped me be resilient. And I realized how resilient I was. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, so you've been studying this so, and if you ended up doing a dissertation, is that right? I did, yeah. So I've, I've done a dissertation and thank you to some lovely business analysts I interviewed. So I interviewed some experienced BAs who've been through some challenges, either personally or in the workplace, because I was fascinated to see what skills they, they've built. And I've particularly focused in on adaptability and their sort of professional resilience and their career adaptability, but also the personal side of it came out. And I think you can't separate your personal and professional life but they do come together to yeah. help you be resilient. And we're all more resilient than we think we are. Yeah. Just, we agree. We think this is a really interesting and important subject. Um, and, and I'm really excited about today's pod and I hope you guys are as well. Mike, your thoughts on resilience, um, an important subject that we should tackle? Absolutely. And I, I really like the idea that uh, you can use your BA skills to help build your resilience because actually there's loads of things there. And it kind of put me put me in mind of, um, well, maybe everybody needs to learn these BA skills because if they're important for resilience, then we need to help the rest of the world, don't we? I think that's a really good point, actually, Mike, because... You know, when you look at the extent of BA skills, part of the toolkit is working with stakeholders to help them be resilient through change. Mm -hmm. Well, therefore, we understand those tools, um, like the Sarah curve. We understand emotional response to um, triggering events, if you like. And therefore, we've got these techniques that we can apply in our lives, in our families' lives, in the lives of people who maybe we're supporting as well. And I think that's a really, really good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Is it worth for the audience just explaining for a second the Sarah Curve, Debbie? Okay. Well, the Sarah Curve um, is uh, a state of five states that actually determine a pathway, if you like, through emotional response to change. And it begins with shock. Um, so that's the S in Sarah. Then moves to anger. Then moves to rejection. And I just think these states are really important to be aware of because sometimes you don't know why you're feeling something. Mm. But beyond rejection, you move into starting to accept this is what has happened. This is the change. And ultimately... And, and Corinne and I, we've discussed this. There is that, that hope, that light at the end of the tunnel. And I think understanding those steps and understanding that it is a natural emotional response pathway helps you to actually be resilient. What do you think, Corinne? I think very much so. I think some, and I'll pick up two things. I think the word emotion, sometimes in the business place can be difficult. Well, you don't show emotions at work. And I know personally for me as an analyst, it will be, oh, I wasn't showing my emotion, but we are emotional. And to 
mm-hmm. not necessarily show them, but to recognize we're having these emotions is important. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing with that, Sarah Kerr, which I've discovered through my personal experiences, it's not necessarily linear. Mm-hmm. You have an, an initial shock when there's a trigger, an event, something that happens, go through the you know, denial, anger, you might start to think, actually, I'm, I, I'm getting on top of this. You only need one small thing to come, and then you're back at the shock, anger, mm-hmm. denial. And I think recognize that in yourself and in others and the stakeholders we're working with. Mm-hmm. You might say one small thing in a workshop that seems trivial to you, but if it happens to trigger them, they could go from being really supportive on board back to like angry, might walk out the room, and you've got no reason what understanding why, but it's something that's triggered them. Mm. And the thing, one of the things I like about Serco is it gives us uh, a framework from which we can discuss those emotions with mm. our stakeholders and talk about the change journey if we want to, and and talk about how it's okay to you can regress from acceptance to rejection if you, if you or or into anger again if something changes, and I think it, it that that having the language uh, to label your emotions and then allowing you to talk about them, I think it's a really key uh, aspect in terms of building resilience um, individually as a professional and on a personal basis to, to be able to talk uh, talk about and label your emotions. Um, Mike? Yeah. I, I was going to say, I think that's really key, actually, because um, it's it, we, we talk about it as a change curve, we're all experiencing changes of, of some magnitude as we go through our professional lives, our personal lives, etc. And yeah, that can have quite an emotional impact on you. But the, I think the key is spotting. If you can, you can see the change and you can spot it's had an effect on you, then you can perhaps do something about it. Think, well, why am I feeling like that? Why has that affected me that way? And um, we've, we've spoken previously um, before Karen, about mindfulness, how actually kind of detaching yourself from, from the, the event and what's going on, actually having a bit more of a look at things can be really, really good to help you with that. And I've, I've, I've found that really, really powerful. Mm. So is, is this a good point to, to talk about how do we individually help to build our own resilience then? Because mindfulness uh, comes with a set of tools and techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I think, I think, um, I don't think it's a silver bullet, but I do think the tools and techniques for some people can be really useful um, to try and try and compartmentalize where you are and, and what's going on. Um, meditation, exercise, um, I think spending time with friends, family, your colleagues um, and having a, a work-life balance um, that, that's healthy, I think is really key for from a pers- personal resilience perspective. Um, Debbie, any kind of hints hints and tips for for resilience from yourself? Yeah, I've got one, and this is going to astonish Corinne now, okay? Because it's an NLP technique. (laughs) And it's one that I was told about years and years ago by somebody I used to work with who was an NLP master practitioner, which, which I think you are as well, aren't you, Corinne? I am, yeah. Yeah. And what he said to me was, think of an event that happened to you that was unpleasant and you had to be resilient and you had an emotional response and then think about how you felt about that event six months later or a year later and take what is happening to you now and project forward six months or a year to think about how you might feel because it will give you 
additional and different perspective. And I find that simple technique incredibly useful because I can think back to situations that affected me, you know, really, really deeply. And then I think, okay, how did I feel six months after that or a year after that? And what perspective did time give me? Now can I apply that thinking to where I am now? Mm. I find that incredibly useful. Wow. So it's kind of using a time machine to zoom out from the event uh, in a way. Wow. Um, Corinne, um, okay, the <laughs> I do think that is an, it is an amazing, it's an amazing and really useful tool because I was thinking about sometimes we get overwhelmed by our thoughts. I mean, we've got amazing brains, mm. but when we face a difficulty, you know, I get that voice in my head and it always looks at the, oh, this could happen and that could happen. And I really find myself catastrophizing quite easy and the voice can become mm. very overwhelming. So things like you said, Jonathan, about getting out for a walk, giving yourself yeah. some space helps. But also that for me, it's distancing myself from that. It's almost like, as you, I think you mentioned compartmentalizing, but putting the thoughts to one side from the time. Mm. And also maybe sometimes just allowing yourself permission to worry or have thoughts for say 10 minutes in the morning and then I'll get on with the rest of my day. Um, I, I, I do think the BA toolkit is extremely useful to help you to build resilience but one of the things that we can do scenario analysis not yeah. always helpful <laughs> it, can, it can definitely help us worry and think about these kind of extreme things that could happen and sometimes it, it's for particularly for I think business analysts we're very used to thinking about scenarios and it's not always useful. Mike, you do, you've got a, a plethora of hobbies. Do you, do you think do they help you with your resilience, your stress management? Um, well, I would say when I'm, when I'm working at the apiary with the bees around me, it, it really does concentrate the mind. I don't, I, I can't think about anything other than, uh, right, I've got all these bees flying around and, and they're trying to get into this suit to sting me brilliant absolutely brilliant mindfulness technique having some imminent threat around you like that probably get the same from rock climbing i don't do rock climbing or any of those kind of dangerous sports the the most dangerous sport is beekeeping but uh, yeah so i do that i go running that's quite good um not always very fast but um again that you can you can kind of mull over the problem a little bit and um get a slightly different perspective um I also have loads of different holidays. The other one that's probably quite useful is um, the fruit flavored alcoholic drinks. So one or two of those also helps, but yeah, actually applying myself to different hobbies, um, not necessarily drinking lots of those uh, alcoholic drinks, but um, it can be really useful. I, I think for me, probably the biggest thing I, I do is, is try to see some positive outcome try to look for a positive outcome and then aim for that and try and think, well, how can I nudge towards that positive outcome? Mm. And even if I can't get to that positive outcome, it's, it's a bit of a, a mind flip. So you can kind of stop mm. some of the catastrophizing um, and, and look for something good and then try and work towards that. That, that helps, I think. And I would, we were talking about this earlier, but kind of think about the positives that you can learn from the episode, from the event, from the experience. What can you learn from it can also be quite, quite, quite powerful, I think. But that, that power of reflection, um, really quite key. Corinne, I think you've got a, a model. Is it a four C's model? Um, would you be happy to share that with us? 
Yes, yeah, because yeah. I was curious when I, I started my work with resilience and I was looking at careers and career frameworks. So <laughs> resilience for me is all about being flexible, being adaptable. Mm-hmm. And some of the research I had looked at into resilience said it's actually our normal process of that, as our adaptation as we go through life. Mm-hmm. So I found this career framework model which is called the career adaptability model and it had four competencies in it to allow us because you know careers are the world the world we work in is is complex careers are not sort of static and with it's not clear the path we move through so we have to be adaptable mm-hmm. and this framework talks about us having control concern mm-hmm. curiosity and confidence mm-hmm. So for me, and I, when I was doing my research, I explored these competencies and phrases that the BAs were using that, in, that sort of gave me an indication that that was a competence they had. Mm-hmm. And they did come up a lot. You know, I think triggering event happens, something happens that puts us into shock. Mm-hmm. You, you do have a certain amount of concern about it and it can feel initially that everything's out of control. And by stepping back and thinking actually, I'm concerned about this. What are the things I'm concerned about that I can't control? And what are the things I can control? Yeah. That's where, you know, coming back to, again, our BA toolkit, we'll do some investigation into the situation. What's going on? What Mm -hmm. can I control? Mm -hmm. What can't I control? But also the BAs very quickly, we talked about the emotional response, but then turned around and started to be curious about this. Okay, Mm -hmm. so what's going on here? You know, what, and all the different perspectives and how do I bring all this together? And they had a real learning attitude and a real curiosity to want to find out about what was going on. And that in turn built their confidence. So mm. I think those four together <laughs> have some real impacts on your resilience. If you can That's, work on those things. I, I find it fascinating is that applying the BA toolkit to help yourself to build resilience and you can, you can do it for, for yourself, for your teams. Uh, I think that's fascinating. Debbie, um, importance of a network and, and team team uh, around you in in resilience do you do you think do you think that's a key theme here i think it i think it's really important but it's also i think a personal thing mm. because some people actually they like to maybe think it through i suppose this comes back to the control element to be honest corin which mm. i've I've sort of talked and, and been involved in situations with, with several friends where I have used the phrase, you need to start taking a bit of control of this situation and you need to think through how you can do that, which takes us into scenario analysis yeah. and like that, because at the moment your response is very emotional because you feel out of control and, and things are affecting you. So. So I always think that taking control is a good idea as much as you can. But I also think that if you have a support network, it's also about accessing it when you need it. Mm -hmm. Because some people actually need time to themselves to reflect. You know, I mean, I'm a great, I live inside my head. Um, My mother will tell you I have been thinking ever since I was born, you know. Um, (laughs) So I do like to think things through quite a lot. And then having that support network that you can talk to. And I I think the BA community actually is is an incredible community of people because I look at, you know, some of the posts on LinkedIn about all sorts of things. 
it is so supportive it's amazing so professionally I think we all have some very very good supportive networks and they can be really really invaluable Mm. at the point where we need to access them but also you know your family and your close friends Mm. It, it it can be there to cushion things and to help you through things. And I'm sure we've all found that in different situations. Mm. As um, just thinking of times in your life, uh, professionally, maybe you make a mistake and, and you, if you, if you've got a team around you that's supportive, you can, you can say, I, I've made a mistake. Can you help? And, um, and sometimes if you're in a team where you're giving that support, someone helps you through that challenge um, that can be really quite powerful because if you're in a team where you're, you're not helped and people don't support and, and you're castigated for, for having made the mistake and, and obviously mistakes aren't, aren't desirable but it kind of it, it, it's really quite quite stark those types of teams where you are supported and those where you're not um, and personally I find um, that it's not helpful for my own resilience to be around a, a team where there is limited or, or or no support and and i think if you're in one of those teams um you, you need the curiosity to to realize that that you know and the concern that maybe that's not the best place for you to be working if you do need that support for your resilience um mike um i'm sure you your teams have always been supportive haven't they <laughs> There, there have been moments, um, not recently, um, but yeah, I'd say I, I remember one place I was working at, we had, um, it seemed to be sort of annual um, redundancy exercises. Wow. And, and that would sort of come around and that was quite a shock to people, although they got used to it after a while. But um, that that thing about taking control was quite a, quite an in, important point there that um, mm-hmm. some people are just sort of carried along with the change and don't they, they just let the change bash them about and um, really sort of take them through uh, all kinds of challenges and actually it was interesting there were some people who decided uh, in in one of these redundancy exercises that they wanted to take control they weren't going to allow the redundancy exercise to um, drain what sort of things that what, what resilience they got left and they they found another job and just resigned before the redundancy process had happened. And that was them taking control. It's, they found a way of taking control. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily have advised that at, at the time, but um, that, that, was, that was what they did. And actually, even if you can find small elements of things you can take control, you can, you can still sort of find your path through. So. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, one of the things I use is something called a resilience well. I'm not sure if this is a recognized term, but it's kind of a, 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 it's a concept more than a physical well. So I kind of think, right, okay, um, where am I? Do I need to top up my resilience well? And that resilience well might be topped up by me walking the dog and listening to a podcast of all things or taking my son out to play football or or, or watching my favorite movie or, or whatever it is that, that I feel at that moment will will help me. Um, and I, I think that just being in a, having an awareness of where is my resilience level, my stress level, I think you know, can can help. Have you, Corinne, have you come across that resilience well, or is it a, is it something <laughs> that I've made up? Market, Jonathan, quick. <laughs> Not heard of it, but I completely understand the concept mm. of what you're talking about. And I think one of the key things you talked about there is actually self awareness. Yeah. Knowing yourself. 
and I think I said at the beginning, we're all far more resilient than we think we are. But actually just knowing a little bit about ourselves, how we react, you know, what space we need to think before maybe we ask for support. Yeah. What things we know that we do that fill our well up, that top yes. us up. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about things, you know, each of us will have things we love to do and they're personal to us. But being able to do those removes the chatter, removes the worries gives mm. you the clear mind to then come back to it yeah i do like that term the resilience well mm. <laughs> i tell you jonathan you need to patent or trademark or something <laughs> <laughs> you know the next book 124th technique the resilience well, <laughs> resilience well. <laughs> and we'll get we'll get some stick for that <laughs> it's oh, such geez. a good point though because i know if I'm feeling something's happened, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, and you know, you, you know how you just sink, don't you? And you think, oh, one of the things I do, and, and I know this about myself, is I love to have a chat. Okay. No, 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 I know you're shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, there are various people that I can just ring up and just chat. And sometimes it's a chat about work, you know, um, but just that human engagement about something lifts my spirits and it's yeah. a very similar concept to your resilience yeah. well yeah it's interesting because we you know we, we've had uh, uh, the pandemic recently and that that level of interaction that kind of the chat that we might have had over a coffee you know it's one of the reasons why we've got the ba brew i think um it's one of the 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 ideas that led to to the, this this podcast was that you know, we can sit and have a chat over a coffee and 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 have that connection so i don't know if that's helping any of the listeners at the moment as they listen to us chat it's maybe helping us though maybe. isn't that that's all that counts it's only helping us corinne um yeah. any kind of final thoughts things that we have to cover on this pod that we haven't covered so far oh gosh <clears throat> so i was thinking of and it's like i think from that sort of concern and control thing where we've initially and also linking into shock when something happens that shocks us we feel out of control concerned and for me it felt like you know I've faced some really challenging personal situations recently and it felt like my whole world was imploding mm. but as soon as I could find one thing to look forward to and it's building up on what Mike said you know I could sometimes just find one thing at the end of the day you know a nice cup of tea or something really small but as soon as I could start to find my way through something, so I began to have hope or optimism, mm. it, it mm. completely changed it. And I felt that I did have some control. I felt that I could find my way through the difficult situation. Wow, that's really powerful. Right? And it doesn't have to be huge, because I mean, I think you know, positive psychology has sometimes been challenged. Oh, it's a bit Pollyanna-ish and everything's wonderful. And you always look at the positives, but it doesn't have to be massive. It can just be one small thing. Mm. And just focus on something and you start to find that you you're moving i'm moving through it well it. mike anything we need to cover that we haven't covered so far on this pod oh the, I mean, this there's there's at least another 30 or 40 minutes we could keep talking here but uh, um i don't know that that the power of finding something positive it, as one says even something small it just gives you some glimmer um i think I think knowing people around you that that uh, that care for you and actually can offer you some advice that just remember 
no matter what your resilience is like, um, there's other people out there that can help you as well. So you don't have to do it on your own. Uh, I yeah. think that would be my, my thing. Um, and sometimes somebody else might spot that you're struggling with something and you haven't really realised you're, you're in that sort of downward spiral. And, and they say, well, why? I don't know. Yeah. There might be something about your behaviour, they think, oh, yeah. And actually yeah. listen to them and um, yeah. that'll, that'll help. Yeah. Um, Debbie, what have, we, what have we missed? What do we need to cover before we finish today's pod? <laughs> Well, I, I think there's so many different things we could talk about, but I think we've covered a lot of the key things. And to me, knowing your strategies, I'm going to do it again in your resilience well. Sorry, Jonathan, I'm sold <laughs> on it, okay? But we all have our strategies in our resilience well. And I'll just finish my thoughts with this. Over the last 18 months or so, things have been tricky in the world. Um, do you know how many people, friends, family, who have just gone into box sets or streaming sets of various series? It's like a universal resilience well item. And I'm one of them. And I think anything that takes you away and helps you be somewhere else is really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm surprised that Friends hasn't been mentioned up until this point, Debbie. I was deliberately not mentioned. As, as something that helps to build resilience. <laughs> Other comedy shows are available. <laughs> right, I think I think that will bring us to an end of, of today's BA Brew. I want to say a massive thank you to Corinne for suggesting this as a subject and and also to, to all of you for, for listening and, and for watching today. Um, I, I think you know it's a really important subject and um, my, my kind of final thoughts on this is that um, you know, reach out for support, um, think about you well, but um, I think resilience is something that you can build. It's not, we're not born with resilience uh, necessarily, we can build it as a skill and, and we can keep working on it and, and I hope that today's pod has helped some of you that are listening or watching so many thanks um if you've got any suggestions for subjects um please email us at babrew at syskd.com thank you thank you so we find ourselves at the end of season two it's been quite a journey uh, i'd like to thank everyone for listening in and for watching i'd also like to extend a massive thank you to all of our guests uh, without without the guests and without the contributions uh, the brew wouldn't be possible uh, we're going to take some time out now we're going to have a review and analyze and improve we'll be back for season three on friday the 8th of october and i hope to see you then